Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. It is my honor and privilege to bring back onto the line Teresa Warren's staff, And we had a great conversation on the last episode. So if you missed that, go back, get yourself caught up. We'll still be here when you get back. We got a little deep, which I'm sure we will again. We (laughs) talked about faith, intuition, business, all of that stuff. But Teresa is a corporate change agent and a high-level intuitive. She's adept at leadership and culture transformation, supported by strong business acumen. And what really sets her apart from the crowd is her intuition. She has a broad depth and scope, and she's multi-sensory. She sees, hears, and feels, but her strength is really in knowing. And her broad range gives her the ability to see deep into her client's optimal path and their soul's expression. So she sees their greatness and translates it into language that they can hear, which is easily adopted and actionable. So she helps them discover their secret sauce and empowers them to embody their greatest gifts. You can find more about her at TeresaWarrenStaff.com. That's her website. So go there. You can get all her links and all of that fun stuff in the show notes. Teresa, welcome back. So good to be here. What a fun conversation we had. I can't wait to continue. I know. It was fun. And let's continue (laughs) down the path, like we said, about intuition. Because I think intuition is something that needs to be talked about. And it's super interesting because we all have that little gut feel, right? We all have that little pull that we usually don't know where it comes from. Like, I believe it comes from God, but that's my belief. I mean, we really, a lot of people, they just feel something and they go, well, what's this mean? And where does this go? But what I want to ask you is, Since I, now that I just prefaced that, you know, I believe that God guides us and he guides me and he guides us in different directions. And that being the case, one of the things that I have to constantly think about with that belief is when I feel pulled to something or I feel the intuition come kicking in, so to speak, I have to ask myself, is this God really guiding me or is this me getting in the way? Is this my voice or is this God's voice? And that's where discernment comes in. And you have to spend a lot of time. And I do it through prayer, through meditation, through you know my religious beliefs. But the th- question becomes for people who live based on intuition, how do you know that your intuition is actually your intuition and not something else, not you telling yourself something that you want to hear and saying, hey, it's my intuition, I'm going to do it. Oh my gosh, what a great question. I love that one. Absolutely valid because often our mind constructs scenarios that it wants to drive us into. And not always is that in our best interest. So when we get those nudges, 
here's a little tip, a little tool that you can put in your back pocket and take out and use anytime. I mean, even when you're sitting in the boardroom or if you're sitting at the conference table, sitting at home, all you have to do is close your eyes, center in yourself so that all distractions go away. And once you're centered, take a step in the direction of that nudge and feel how it feels in your body. Step back and then step in the direction of not moving in the direction of that nudge and then step back into center and benchmarking your left step against your right step will give you the right answer 100% of the time. The only caveat to the 100% is don't overthink it. Just simply receive the information. You, we all can use our mind to construct realities or justify or validate, but you cannot do that with your soul. You cannot do that with your intuition. Your intuition, 100% of the time, is there for your highest and best. Have you ever, and this will kind of go back, relate to what we talked about yesterday, have you ever done that and opened your eyes from that and been like, oh, I wish that would have went differently? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Was it with video? Uh. It was actually in a conference room. (laughs) Um, And I trust it. I absolutely trust my intuition 100%. And I let it play out. And it turns out that that controversial comment that I made based on my intuition giving me that nudge was exactly what needed to kick off a completely out-of-the-box solution to a problem that my team had been facing off at for weeks. So it doesn't always look like bright, shiny unicorns every time, but it is always the right thing to do. And that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at here, too, is because, you know, a lot of times you'll feel that nudge and it's very uncomfortable. Like it's something Mm -hmm. that, like you said, it's going to make you grow. It's going to make you do certain things or it tells you I should do this, but I really don't want to. And you fight it and you wrestle with it. And a lot of times it's like ripping a bandaid off, right? It's just better to just do it and get it done and see where it takes you. Because I'm not going to say hundred percent of the time, but a lot of times when I talk to people who have these same experiences, they say the only thing I wish looking back is that I would have done it sooner. Yeah, because I wasted so much time wrestling with myself and in stress and in these negative, you know, scenarios playing out the possibilities instead of living in the reality. Yes, I would agree with that 100%. I think that we are not taught or raised, most of us, um, not taught or raised to trust our intuition or even to listen to it or that it exists. So when we start stepping into the realm of using our intuition as a guiding tool, it's uncomfortable. And when 
you do this, I cannot more highly recommend that you don't do it in a bubble. Don't do it alone. Have people around you, have a coach, have somebody you can lean into who will support your moving into this way of self-expressing and living your life. Because it is a lifestyle choice. You know, it's not... Um, It's optimal if it's a lifestyle choice. You can dabble in and out, play in and out, but you're never going to get consistent results and you won't get to that place where you're living the life you love. And ultimately, that is the goal, right? Did you enter into this knowingly or did you was it something that just that's just how you've always been? <clears throat> Intuition, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we so, could take this a number of different numbers. <laughs> I have always been an intuitive. I was born intuitive. And um, for the, I can remember having intuitive hits as young as two years old. Um, so I've lived this my whole life. And I will also say that because I didn't have context, I was the only one in my family who was intuitive. I didn't have context. I didn't have support. I didn't have anybody to talk to. I just knew I knew stuff. And I'd watch my parents or other adults make decisions and I'd be thinking, oh, no, 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 no. And they would still do it. And I couldn't understand why why they didn't see or know what I knew. So I started turning it off. I started ignoring it. I started believing that having all this information, because sometimes I'd share with adults, right? You know, you're seven years old and you say, you know, you probably don't want to do this. The adult looks at you and just shakes their head and pushes you back onto the playground, right? Right. So I spent a lot of years denying it, ignoring it, except in those really vitally important times. So, and and I'll, I'll say that about my consultancy as well. Not always have I been the intuitive consultant, the intuitive coach. It was only this year that I came out on my website and said, hey, by the way, this is a big part of who I am and what I do. And you know what the result was? Everybody wants to hire me because of that, because they know that they're getting much more than just business opinions or just life opinions that I really do look into their soul and see what is in their highest and best. Mm-hmm. What's a do you have a, a story or scenario where this intuition came out as you were, you know, developing it and you knew that something was right and you wanted to do it, but everyone else told you no, but then you did it anyway, or you didn't do it and regretted it, or you did do it and everyone else was like, okay, we were wrong? Yeah. <laughs> um gosh, that's a great question. I think the you know, I, I immediately go into those big life decisions where I didn't listen to my intuition. And I, I may piss off a few people, but I'm going to say this anyways. That would be my second marriage. 
<laughs> I mean, let's, let's be real here. I knew the whole time that it sounded great. It looked great on paper, but it wasn't the right relationship for me. So I ignored it, got married anyways, greatest party in town, but divorced a couple of years later. So there's a big example. Let me, let me ask you this though, looking back at that now, do you think some of that is hindsight or do you think, do you know, do you remember feeling that way before the fact, like at his greatest party in town, were you at the party knowing this? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah. I ignored it. How did you fully step into it then? Uh, I didn't. Um, I fought and fought and fought to justify my decision. And it was not optimal for either of us. Um, and it create hurt feelings. And it create challenges that didn't need to happen. Um, so, yeah, that is, I think that is the most overt the biggest example I could use. What do you think held you back in that situation? Um, I so didn't want to continue walking by myself. Mm. I wanted a partner. Um, and I, this was a friend that I had had for a very long time. And we took the friendship into a new level that didn't mm. serve us both. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, it was just, it just created more challenges than opportunities. Well, that's interesting. You learned from that, obviously. I did. You're able to put that into practice. So it's just interesting because I hear people a lot of times they'll say, well, I knew this or I knew that. And I also know that hindsight's always twenty twenty. So it's like if I knew then what I know now, then yeah, I would feel differently. I would be that way. But from someone who actually sat in it and wrestled with it, that's a pretty uh, big, big example and a pretty big distinction there to be able to make moving forward. It is. It is. And I think it is one of the signature reasons why I listen now. Because mm -hmm. when you don't, it's not only your own life, it's everyone else who is in the sphere of influence of that decision. Uh-huh. That well, change, there's always a cost to change. Yes. Change always comes with a cost. And it's not necessarily only to us. Like even one of the, you know, one of the best examples, I was having a conversation with someone, we were talking about this very topic. And one of the things that I don't normally think about is let's say something as simple as you have a goal to lose weight and you lose weight, right? Somebody loses 50 pounds. Well, there's a cost to that change. I mean, the cut, like, yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. You're healthier. Yeah. You look better. But what about the people around you that start to get jealous? What about yeah. the people around you that maybe don't want to hang out with you because they're afraid you're going to take their significant other? What about like, there's a cost to that. Something that seems a hundred percent positive there's always a cost. And I think that that's why a lot of people resist changes because too, when there's a negative outcome from the change, mm -hmm. psychology tells us it's twice as powerful on our psyche negatively than it is if it is all positive. Yeah. Like positive feels good, but negative feels twice as bad than it really is. Yes. So most people tend to stay away from change at, at, at any cost so that they don't have to face the negative if it does happen to happen. So they would rather sit where they are then go for something positive. 
Well, and I think that also goes to the case for who are you hanging out with and surrounding yourself with individuals who only want the best for you and really are secure enough in themselves not to step into um, projecting onto you their insecurities, right? Mm -hmm. Because if somebody, I'm sure you've heard the opinion Somebody else's opinion of me is none of my business. Yeah. Right? Yep. And and the reason is it's their issue. It's their yep. feeling. It's their perception. It is their soul tapping them on the shoulder and saying, take a look at this. Because this belief, this belief doesn't serve you. And in fact, it's creating chaos and unhappiness where it does not need to exist, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, yeah, there's just, there's a lot that we've talked about in the last couple of episodes. <laughs> and I think that there's a lot more we could talk about. And I want to thank you for all that you shared. And hopefully we'll get to do that soon and talk more. I want to remind people, TeresaWarnstaff.com is where they can go find you and get more information about what you're up to and all everything that you do. Teresa, this has been great. I really appreciate everything that you shared. And I look forward to having another conversation with you again real soon. Thank you, Mario. This has been amazing. I appreciate you. Hey, everyone. I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.